Welcome to the Most True You podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Irene. Welcome back. You made it to part two of a two-part episode with my good friend, Courtney Carini. In case you missed part one, she talked about her experience being diagnosed with ADHD at the age of 38 and what that means for her understanding of her most true self. We also dove into my favorite topic, narcissistic abuse, and what each of us did to find our way out of those relationships. So we're going to pick up here with the question that I posed to Courtney about healing after leaving a relationship with a narcissistic partner. How did you get to this point of being able to say all of that with, you know, you're able to say it so naturally with such conviction. And I know, you know, you've had a lot of healing through what you've shared on TikTok, but like what else has been helping you get to this point? So much. Uh, There were a lot of really dark days and you were with me for a lot of those. Sorry, that's. I love you. I love you too. Um. There were, there were some really, really dark moments, but you know, if you, if you look at the two of us now, like I'm almost thankful for it because it, it made me so strong and it gave me so many tools and it didn't make me strong in the sense that it calloused me. It was more like it made me develop a keener eye so that I could understand life better and protect myself in a smarter way. Mm -hmm. Now it was not easy. Um, It was not like I just decided one day and left and we am happy now. Um, That'd be amazing. I'm laughing because it's just like, I'm like, yeah, I would just hand somebody their freedom card and just be like, Hey, you're free now. Right. (laughs) let them let go of the the abusive relationship and start a new life. But here's the thing. I had my finances completely intertwined. I owned a business um, with them. We had fuzzy children together. Um, We had moved to a place where neither of us had any friends outside each other. So it, it was a really long process. And on top of that, like, it's not like we're with these people because we love abuse. It's that we see the good in them. We latch yeah. on to the good in them. And the, the good parts can be really, really good. Um, yep. And it makes us forgive the bad. And so it, it was just at some point, like even in the good moments, well, first of all, I think the catalyst to it all was just education. I had learned about um, borderline personality disorder from a friend. And all of a sudden, a whole bunch of light bulbs went on in my brain. And I started connecting dots. And as soon as I I read this book called, well, I'm not going to pretend that I read the whole book. Am I right, ADHD people? (laughs) (laughs) But I read the important parts. (laughs) That's what interested me. That's what what matters. (laughs) I get that. um, And all of a sudden, I started to understand how his behavior was about him and not me. And that was so empowering and relieving because, sorry, all of a sudden... I saw how broken I wasn't. 
and how all the times I was painted to be broken. It wasn't about me. It was about him. And um, someone can tell you that until they're blue in the face, but it doesn't really register until it's laid out for you in your specific situation and you see it in real life happening. And I started to develop, I started to develop a really keen eye for those moments that seemed out of the blue, that seemed unfair, that seemed extraordinarily hurtful. And I started to see, nope, in the moment, finally, I would say to myself, nope, this isn't about me. This is about him. This is 100% his insecurities. Um, and that, that was the first step. Um, okay. I'm going to pause you right there because first of all, that is fucking powerful. And I want to just say, repeat the words that you used. Um, you said all of a sudden I saw how broken I wasn't like, I want to paint that in the sky because there's so much to that. Um, and I also want to be sure that we mentioned the book, the name of the book that you were referencing earlier. I believe it was called walking on eggshells. Okay. It's a very popular book. Um, and I'm glad that you touched on that point because I did a video about gaslighting and ADHD because another element to it was that when you have ADHD, it's very easy to be painted as quote unquote, the crazy one or the problem because we, you can call us a basket case and you have plenty of evidence to support you because we're scattered and we make messes and we are chaotic and, Um, And, you know, some might say dysfunctional in a neurotypical world. Um, And so they can take all of those things and and say, look, look at what a mess you are. Look at how you're the problem. You're clearly the problem. And we'll just let them and we will believe them. And so um, that was that was part of it was my diagnosis was understanding. Oh, my gosh, I'm not a basket case. I'm not the problem. I have a different brain that leads to these behaviors. And now I understand that, but I certainly was never the problem. And that's such a hallmark of those, of that narcissistic abuse too. That was something that I experienced a lot was, I mean, literally, you know, he'd go for days or weeks of pushing my buttons or just doing whatever. And I would eventually yell and be angry about it. Um, and the response would be, well, you deserved all of that because I knew you were going to end up yelling oh at me. Gosh, that is so classic. And, for, and yeah. on the ADHD side, we have emotional dysregulation. So our reactions to things are always extreme and no one ever gives us credit for when they are good reactions. Right. <laughs> Right. You can have weeks of putting up with the bullshit and then you scream at him for one time and all of a sudden it's like, wow, you're a horrible human being and you deserved all the bullshit I just put you through. And it's confirmation bias. So if you're experiencing that, you're not alone and it's probably not because there's something wrong with you. (laughs) Oh, gosh. 
Um, I want to mention real quick too, for anybody who is interested in books, there's another one that I have read parts of that I really like called No More Narcissists. And that was a really helpful one in helping me to understand what narcissism is or what narcissistic characteristics are and how they can play out in everyday Mm -hmm. life. Um, So just putting that out there for your what are your thoughts on narcissists? Do you think that they can be helped? Can some maybe and some can't? Or do you think it's hopeless for all of them? What are your thoughts? You want to answer it first? Oh, no, I have no idea. I just know the one narcissist. <laughs> you what? I just know the one narcissist. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I know a few. Um. <laughs> maybe my followers have, have opinions. What do you think, guys? I... I know. I would love to hear that. I do have some thoughts on it, but I would love to hear what they think too. They're being quiet. They're listening intently. Well, I will give my thoughts and then if any come in, I would love to hear it. Um, So I don't think anybody's beyond help, but here's the thing with that. And I'm, I'm a lay person, right? Like I've read a few books. I've lived with a narcissist for in one form or another, for about 35 years of my life. So what I would say is it is their job to get help. I think that's how I would answer that. It's like, can they be helped? Can they change? Absolutely. But they have to do the work. They have to recognize that they are, you know, creating toxicity within a relationship. They have to recognize that they are harming people and they have to want to stop doing that in order for anything to change. So I think that's where I would go with it um, is it's really on them to change, not on us to help them. Exactly. Um, And that's, that's kind of where I was going with it because I don't, it almost seems like inherently being a narcissist means you're not going to seek out change. I don't know if that's a hundred percent true. I think it, I think maybe for sociopaths or psychopaths, but um, I don't know about all narcissists. I think that people end up with narcissism from trauma and, um, yes. and there's so many different, like it's, it's a spectrum. Like there's so many different shades of gray and like types of trauma and resulting behaviors. And, you know, with the person that I was with, I did see a want to change from him from time to time. And periodically I would see like deep reflection and like actual vulnerability and, and, uh, a, and like confession of like, yes, I have these qualities and I want to fix them. And I hate this part about myself. And I latched on to that. And just to go back to the point we made before, it's, it's great to see those things in people and give them the benefit of the doubt and like honor the good parts of them and see that someone is willing and wants to change, but it's not okay for you to do all the legwork. You're absolutely right in the sense that they have to do the work. It's, and I, the only way that I can convince myself of that is to think of it in terms of addiction, because I have a lot of experience uh, with addiction and, and working against enabling Um, and for those of you who've had an addict who's close to you, you know, us ADHDers are very prone to addiction. So I'm sure you guys have, uh, addicts in your family. Um, you, you want to help them so badly, 
But unfortunately, the only they can help themselves. And the more you help them, the more you're enabling them. And so you really have to let them hit rock bottom and find their way back. Now, you can be there when they want help and you can offer them resources and support when they seek it out. But you can't hold their hand and make them seek it out. I think that you've got to be able to maintain your own boundaries in that. So if you are in a relationship with somebody who does have those narcissistic characteristics um, and they're saying, you know, yes, I see that. Yes, I want to change. Then your job in that is to maintain your own boundaries and to expect them to do the same. So if you have a boundary about anything, um, you need to uphold that. And if they are choosing to still try to knock that boundary down, then that's on them, right? That's them showing that, yeah, they do want to change, but they're not there yet. And so that has to be part of the relationship if you're going to maintain it or continue it is that you've got to keep yourself protected. You you took the words right out of my mouth. Um, You're welcome. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't have to say them. Thank you. (laughs) Um. Yeah, that and that was that was exactly and honestly that was how it finally ended for me. It was like I yeah. decided that I wanted someone who was going to work on themselves. And I had gotten this far and invested this much and loved the good part so much that I was willing yeah. to hang in there and salvage it if he was willing to do the work. And we agreed that he would do the work and we said, "Okay, going to go to therapy this many days a week, going to do this and that. And then, and I gave him a period of time and he didn't do it. And it was like, I'm not going to sit there and keep reminding him because it's clear that he doesn't want to, I'm not going to hold his hand. And I did that. I think I actually gave that same ultimatum about three times. And finally, finally there was a huge life event. It was like, I'm moving into this house that I bought are you going to move in with me? And I, it enabled me to draw a very hard line of like, you may not move in unless you go to therapy and he didn't go to therapy. And so he did not move in. Um, So yeah, you have to, you have to draw boundaries for yourself. And if you really are with somebody who you think is going to change and wants to change and improve themselves, um, you have to, you have to draw a hard line and say, okay, what, what point is it too late? At what point? Yeah, uh, you have to have a hard, a hard boundary, a date, uh, a, a quota. Um, what? It, what is this person? We have to have an, a physical agreement of like by this date we will have accomplished this many things. Because if you don't do that, you're gonna let them just walk all over you. You're gonna make excuses for them because you're empathetic. And I think along with that, you know, because we've spent so much time not upholding our boundaries and we've spent so much time allowing them to walk all over our boundaries. Um, I know for me, when I set that, like the last time I left, right. Cause for me, it was kind of the same thing. I didn't leave once and that was it. I left once I set that boundary. It looked like things were going to change. I came back. They actually hadn't changed that much. And it finally came down to a point where things had been going really, um, they went well actually for like two months. It was kind of, I was like, Oh, we just had a two month. I had a really good two months of my marriage out of a lot. Um, but that's the other story. Um, 
I just lost my train of thought. Oh, in terms of that boundary setting is we got to a point, he was actually going to a conference that, I mean, this is something he does every year, totally reasonable for him to expect to go. But we had the prior few weeks had been building up, building up, building up where, you know, we had that ongoing cycle of, oh, I'm going to change. I'm going to do this. It wasn't happening, blah, blah, blah. And I finally said, look, if you go to that conference, you will not be coming back to a marriage. And he went to the conference and he did not come back to a marriage. I, during that week, went and started the divorce process. And, you know, prior to all of this, prior to what I had learned over the year leading up to that, I would have felt like, um, wow, I, you know, how unreasonable of me to tell him he can't go. <laughs> Right. But it really came down to the fact of like, look, if you want to be married for the rest of your life with me, you better fucking not go. How dare I be so brave and and establish boundaries for myself? Right. How mean of me to expect anyone. I was a pretty shitty wife. Just kidding. I was awesome. Oh my gosh. Um, I my my followers are actually giving me some good uh resources. They said, um, Chatty Twin 41 has been helping me out here. Um, they said the there is a good um, complex PTSD workbook. Complex PTSD, for those of you who don't know, is basically trauma that happens over a long period of time. Um, so rather than one big, huge, awful event, it's just like a like an abusive relationship where it's trauma that happens over a long period of time it's sustained trauma over a long period of time so like an abusive relationship um a toxic household environment or like being in the military uh anything like that that's sustained is a complex ptsd anyway uh she, she said it's called the the body keeps the score um Oh, I have heard a lot of people mention oh, yeah? that. I like that it's a workbook. Yeah. That's my ADHD yeah. brain, so I don't have to just stare at words for hours. <laughs> I think there is a book oh. and I, that goes with the workbook, but um, I'm not saying that anybody should go read the book if they don't want to. Um, Courtney, this has been so fun. Yeah, it really has. And I, I never properly thanked you for being my support through all this. Um you know, you have therapists and they kind of just nod their head and go, oh, that sucks. But really when you're in the thick of it and, you know, the shit is hitting the fan and you're doing all the negative self-talk and you're going down this horrible downward emotional spiral, um, you need a real friend. And mm. you were that for me. And um I can't tell you how much that means to me. You um, were my cheerleader and, um, and you had been there and you knew exactly what I was going through mm-hmm. and um, told me everything I needed to hear. And um, I, I don't know how I can ever repay you for that. Courtney, I could say this a million times a day. I love you. I think you're so incredible. Um, it was an honor every time we texted or you know talked on the phone to be able to be there with you in that was such an honor because I got to be part of you finding you 
And you've been a part of that for me for so many years. I mean, I think of like, you know, when you would like fly out to South Carolina and bring some normalcy to my, I mean, I loved living out there, but it was really special having you there when we got to go on that trip to Europe together. Like, um, those are key moments in my life that I look back and think like you tethered me to myself simply by being you. And there's no like repayment. I think that either of us could ever make for how incredible we, you know, I feel the same way is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, that you have been such an incredible source of light and color and beauty and just groundedness in my life. Aww. So I love you so much. It's yes, funny. Yeah. It's funny how I, I look back at like our social circles and stuff and you know how, especially as kids, you're, your friends kind of, your friendships kind of evolve like based on like your these friends went this way and these ones went yeah. this way and like oh well they got interested in sports and so they hung out with the sports people and blah 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 and there was kind of that element with us like we did kind of have different groups of friends at certain points mm-hmm. but we always were still drawn together we yeah. still always had this like inner sisterhood of like the rest of like when we were together, the rest of that just kind of disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> well, where can people find you? Um, I'm guessing that a lot of people are going to be like, what is this TikTok account that you're talking about? Because I want to be there. Yeah. So um, my handle on TikTok is Courtney Carini ADHD, C O U R T N E Y C A R I N I A D H D. And I do videos every day that are. I try to keep do a mix of like comedy and relatable and it's really just about the ADHD experience. Um, And it's also to educate people on what our struggle is because a lot of times we go undiagnosed because our struggle is invisible to the outside world and people think we're just fine, but really we're working our asses off and not seeing the results that we want to see. And, uh, I also do live sessions every Tuesday and Thursday um, on TikTok because I have a lot of followers who are looking to get diagnosed or getting misdiagnosed or don't feel like their doctor is listening to them or don't feel like their family is listening to them. And so lately I've been working a lot on empowering my followers to really advocate for themselves Uh, in the doctor's office and in front of loved ones. um, I give a lot of um, specific symptoms, descriptions. Uh, I give you some vernacular. I I try and really hack away at imposter syndrome um, because I want my people to feel empowered. I want them to finally get rid of all that low self-esteem and honor themselves for the amazing people that they are. So I hope you all will join me, um, if, whether it's just to watch my silly videos or if it's to actually have a conversation with me in these live sessions. Um, I'm here for you. I'm here to be everybody's BFF. I love that. And I love your videos. They are really fun to watch. Um, and I do. You do a great job of mixing kind of the humor, entertainment with um, what I think are succeeding at being very empowering videos. Oh, thank you. That's so yeah. sweet. And you have, we get cameos of your babies in them. I love seeing your birdie baby and your doggy baby. Yeah, I get a lot of questions about Seppi the parrot. 
<laughs> and it's funny because I won't be paying attention to where he is and I'll see later that like just the tip of his beak comes in on a video. Yeah. <laughs> People freak out and be like, what was that? <laughs> well thanks for joining me today and um i love how vulnerable you are just in daily life i mean that's something that i've always appreciated but i'm glad that we can share that together with anyone who's listening and um i will be putting your information in the show notes of this podcast and then um if anybody of from your side wants to know the podcast is called most true you. So, um, I'll send you the info Courtney when that's going to be released so that you can share it with your people if they want to listen again. Absolutely. Um, and that's it. So thank you. Oh, thank you. My love. I love hearing your voice. It's like home to me. Oh my gosh. If I actually cried, I would cry. Oh, I would have already cried a lot during this conversation, but I have the opposite problem. I don't cry. Like it's like, are you on this part? Well, so that's funny because you're the second person this week to be like, wait, what do you want? Um, no, I'm on sertraline and I'm pretty sure that's why I don't cry. I just it's... learned about that last night. You what? I just learned about that last night from my followers. They mentioned it a couple of times. I'm like, what the heck is that? Yeah. It's been a game changer for me because um, I, well, up until this week, I thought that it didn't numb my emotions because I still have plenty of emotions. Um it just has helped kind of even, like I feel a lot more evened out because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently I don't cry. There's so, <laughs> that. On Boost Bar, I feel like um, some, so I do cry now. I think partly because I'm like, I like took myself off of Adderall and I'm like, my emotions are going crazy. <sighs> but um, I, for a while there, I wouldn't cry, but I would just get this horrible, like, achy pit in my stomach that would just Ooh. linger there for like three hours. And Ew. I was like, I'm like, I just want to cry so this goes away. That's <laughs> awful. Yeah. Like the chemicals that happen after I cry, you know? <laughs> That's awful. I yeah. like those chemicals too. Um, I don't know. I mean, this, I think this is something that I'm like just beginning to process through because I didn't dawn on me until it was actually two weeks ago I was kayaking with my friend and she was saying something and I was like oh yeah if I cried I would I just I cry in my heart instead (laughs) and I got home and I realized I was like I don't think that's normal I think that I'm supposed to have tears that come out of my face (laughs) I know you cry Kelly well I used to (laughs) but it really has been like three years since I've had um any form of normal crying I've probably cried like three times in three years so wow well that's cool I mean as somebody who gets a migraine every time I cry it would be nice to not (laughs) there's search relief for that just kidding I'm not telling anybody to go on that (laughs) that's awesome all right friend I love you so much love you too bye for having me I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. You have so many options to choose from, and I love that you chose the Most True You podcast. You can support the podcast by subscribing and reviewing the podcast, particularly via iTunes. You can find out more information about our guests in the show notes, and you can find out more information about me on my website at ikellyirene.com and more information about the podcast at Most True youpodcast.com. Until next week, many blessings, my friends.